So usually at the beginning of each one of our episodes, we're very professional, and we tell you guys what to expect whenever you're going to listen to the upcoming podcast. But today, we just wanted to show you guys a little bit of behind the scenes of what really happens right before we record a podcast. So listen in. What are you doing? What are you doing? Smell it. <laughs> Smell what? My underarm. Why? Smell it. Smell it. <laughs> you didn't smell. Yes, I did. See? It's I good. don't smell. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's weird. I know. Like, I don't even need deodorant. <laughs> so weird. Me neither. Oh, whatever. I can't believe you just did that. Hello, folks. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. You know, it's real life around here. I can't believe you recorded that. Well, it was funny. I can't believe you were trying to get me to smell your armpit. (laughs) There's people out there right now that are going, am I really listening to this? Well, can I give why that was happening? I guess so. Because I forgot to put on deodorant this morning, and it's so weird because I don't ever smell. Like, normal people have to put on deodorant. You're just so special. I guess. It's just weird. I mean, like... I got a little sweaty in church. I was getting my worship on, and I still didn't smell. <laughs> well, so weird. Now everybody knows. I hope people aren't grossed out by that. They <laughs> might be. I'm sorry. I ruined an image. <laughs> I don't know if they ever had that image to be ruined. Now they just have this image of me smelling your armpit. Oh, my goodness. Hey, uh, if you don't know us, we're not, yeah, we are usually like this. I was going to say we're not usually like this, but yeah, we are. All right. I'm so excited about today's episode because we didn't finish last week. Yeah, it was too much, mm-hmm. too much to do. Uh, but we started off last week. You guys need to go back and listen if you, if you haven't. Uh, the marriage mistakes to avoid in 2024. And we came up with a list of probably eight to 10, something like that. And we went over three or four of them last week. So make sure you go back and listen. Uh, and we're going to pick that up and we're going to do a few more today. The other thing that we have promised to do is we want to share some of our resources just in uh, little snippets, little snippet form, because we don't want it to sound like It's just a commercial, but we want you to know all of the different things that you can take uh, advantage of that we offer and are going to offer this year. So we're about to put up probably this week on our website where you can download this. uh, It's called a resource menu. It's set up like a menu. Mm -hmm. See how we did that? And so there's like a little appetizer starter section, and we talked about that last week. We talked about just being a part of our social media and following us on social media channels, and then uh, how we're going to get more involved on YouTube, which we have been doing recently. And then there's another section that's kind of our main course, Mm -hmm. like the entrees. Mm -hmm. And so we want to share that with you today, just a few of the things that we would consider to be kind of the meat of our ministry. Yeah, and if you're listening right now, then that's the first one in the main yep. course is our podcast. Podcast. Yep. yep. Another one is... Hey, and and, the, and real quick, real quick. So on the podcast thing, really helpful if 
you haven't followed us, like whatever platform you use, make sure you follow us. They used to call it subscribe, but now it's called follow up in the top right-hand corner usually. Um, most of you I know listen um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So make sure that you hit follow so that this will go into your feed every week whenever it comes out. And uh, if you've never left a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate that. Yep. So the second one is marriage coaching. And that's something that we've been doing a lot more lately, started about six months ago doing that. And you can request um, a marriage coaching form on our website. And it's where we get to do one-on-one meetings um, with you and your spouse. And it's super great. Yeah, it's awesome. And we have really, really enjoyed doing that over uh, the last six to eight months. Uh, We've got a brand new group of uh, people about to start for January, uh, actually starting when people are listening to this, this will be today. That's right. And then, um, so the the other thing that we have just rolled out that we're super excited about, uh, it's kind of your next steps after you've gone through marriage coaching, and we're calling that our monthly marriage mentoring program. And so it's, uh, you can, you sign up for a year uh, but again, you have to have gone through our marriage coaching. So uh, the marriage coaching is four sessions, five if you count the intro session. That doesn't really count. Uh, but yeah, that's what our marriage men- mentoring is going to be. And it is super cool. There's going to be a way that you can kind of preview that on the website, but really you need to have gone through the marriage coaching. So uh, we've got about, how many couples about to start that this this month? A handful. It's going to be great. <clears throat> All right. The next one is our retreats. And we are going to be having our first two retreats retreats this coming March. Um, and we are so excited about that. Our marriage um, mentoring people get first dibs at that. That's one of the perks of being in our marriage mentoring groups. And we've already sent that information out to them. Um, if it doesn't fill up, we will be sending it out to the public um, soon. But not only that, but we have more retreats scheduled for the fall and then next spring as well. Yep, for sure. And then last thing is, uh, and again, this is all stuff that's going to be put on the website over the next few weeks. And the retreat form will be up there too. So if you're interested, you'll be able to fill something out. But another thing is, is if your church is interested in having us uh, come in to speak, either just a speaking engagement to um, marriages or some sort of a retreat actually done at a conference at your church, um, there's going to be a form that the the church or someone from the church will be able to go in and fill out. And so uh, a number of you put that on your uh, survey that mm-hmm. you were interested in us doing that at your church. So we want to give you um, an avenue to be able to request that. So re- that was like super fast, like five things that are the kind of the meat of what we do in our ministry. Yep. So excited about these next marriage mistakes to avoid in 2024. Can I start? Yep, go. Okay, so on. Um, if you'll remember from last week, I did five, Rusty did five, and they kind of overlapped a little bit, but not too much. So my, we talked about two of mine last week, and my third one was to avoid the mistake of expecting your spouse to read your mind. Ooh, that's a good one. This could be, this is so helpful. If somebody had taught us this early on, um, I feel like our um, marriage could have 
gotten better faster. Um, but I cannot expect Rusty to read my mind of what I need him to say, what I need him to do, what I need him to help me with, what I need affirmation in. Like I have to be able to tell you what my desires are. And I have heard so many people say, yeah, but if I tell him that I need him to say that, then it doesn't mean it's much. Mm, Or if I tell him that I want to go out on a date, like he should just be able to know to bring me flowers. Like why doesn't he just know that? Yeah, because like if you tell, if you say something that's important to you and then it's done, it doesn't mean as much. Right. Like if I were to say to you, I really like it when you bring me home flowers every now and then. And then the first time you brought home flowers, I said, you only did it because I told you to. Yeah, I'd be like wah, wah, yeah, wah. then why why and so you have to give your partner grace in the fact that they cannot read your mind and they may not know what's important to you now if you and and also don't do this if you say oh i really love it when you bring me flowers home and then they bring them home and you go um well, the same thing about about you only did it because I told you to, or you just t- finally, you know, if you take that yeah. attitude of finally you did it, you know, just be positive when your spouse does something that you have communicated to them that is important to you. Um, and it's not just on things that you need help with. It can be like it. Like telling them it is really, really special to me and important to me for us to sit on the sofa at the end of the day for five to 10 minutes and just talk about our day. You can't expect your spouse to know that. Yeah. Well, and I actually, you know, I thought about how this happens to us and it happened to us even today um, when, when we came home and I said, all right, I know that. A, B, C, D, and E need to get done today. And I I even said, I don't want there to be expectations that, that I, I mean, mm-hmm. unmet expectations. So tell me which ones of those things are really important. Right. And you told me. But because I could have walked in and started doing three or four things that I thought needed to be done, but if you didn't give a rip if they were done or not, right. then it's kind of like, why and am I, I doing this? I've used this example before, and I hope people aren't tired of hearing it, but where, you know, like, let's, I, I just use the example as a stay-at-home mom because I can remember having these feelings to where you think, okay, you know, my husband comes home for work in an hour, so I'm going to spend this hour or thir- last 30 minutes trying to get the house cleaned up, put up the toys that the kids have made a mess with so he doesn't walk into just, you know, a mess when he comes in. And then the husband thinking, gosh, why can't I just come home and supper be ready? And if you communicate, hey, babe, like it's real important to me. I Like when I come home, I ate, you know, like at my school, I ate lunch at 1045. Um, and it's like brunch. But if somebody eats lunch early, they could be starving by the time they get home. And if they communicate that that's way more important mm-hmm. than busting your tail trying to clean the house, then it takes that expectation off the table. And the wife keeps from being unnoticed that she gave up the last 30 minutes to try to clean everything. It's it's just an over-communication, really. And it's... Um, and it's making sure, you know, we we went to a marriage uh, when, we, when we were doing training for premarital counseling. We actually heard an older couple. They were a sweet elderly couple. And, and he made the comment and he said, 
sometimes she just needs me to hold the bucket. Yeah. Like she doesn't need me to fix it. She yeah. just needs me to hold the bucket. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, you know, if they're like like if there's a, a leak in the house or something, instead yeah. of fixing it, you're mm-hmm. just holding the bucket. So it's the same thing with like sometimes just you can't read somebody your spouse can't read your mind. So if you are just wanting to talk through something, but don't necessarily need them to Mm -hmm. try to fix it, Mm -hmm. it's okay to tell them that. Like, that's what we're talking about. All of these things, because it's bigger than just, oh, you need to read my mind to go take out the trash, or Mm -hmm. you need to read my Mm -hmm. mind to go by and pick up flowers and bring them home. It's big. It's, it's more stuff than that. Mm -hmm. It's more of, you know, and I mean, heck, it could even be like, like on a physical level, you know, and being communicating to your spouse what you want and what you need. And, and, and I was thinking about when you said, you know, if you tell them to, you like it when you bring flowers home and then they bring flowers home and you're like, well, you just did that because I asked you to. And I'm trying, and I was thinking about that and I was like, well, what if I told you something that I enjoyed like physically mm-hmm. and then you did it? Mm-hmm. I would never go, are you just doing that? Cause I told <laughs> you, <be> like, hey, <laughs> I'd be like, you. you listen, that was so great. You know yeah. what? So I think that that's the important thing is to, is to really, if they do something because you've told them, you're not expecting them to read your mind and then they do it, then just be really excited they mm-hmm. actually listen mm-hmm. to you. Affirmation. One more example. I thought about this because you looked on the back porch today, and it was probably the third time you've said something mm-hmm. about there being a bunch of leaves on the mm-hmm. back porch. And I thought to myself, I was like, she never told me to actually do it, but if she's going to say it three times, it's probably important. And I went and got the leaf blower and went out there and started blowing it off, and I came back in, and you were like, I didn't mean you had to do that. And I thought, well, why didn't you tell me that that you didn't need me to? Because yeah. you mentioned it like three mm-hmm. times, so well, I'm thinking, and, well, I bet right. it, I, she must. It must be important. Yeah, and to explain, I'm like, we don't live in a forest, so I was like, how did all those leaves get on our back porch? And yes, it was important to me, but I was like, oh crap, he really like he thought I meant right now go. Blow the leaves off the back porch. So, sorry, but thank you for doing that. I just wanted you to know I listened because mm-hmm, you, you had said you it a few times. Yep. All right, your turn. <clears throat> okay, so... Um, sorry. Hey, I just you banged just the banged the microphone. All right, so I'm going to say that one marriage mistake to avoid is becoming a selfish spouse. And I know that when we first started doing... When we put together this list, one of the things that we kind of uh, went back to, we were saying if we could go back and tell our, ourselves things to avoid the year, so this was 12 years ago, the year that was leading up to your affair, like what would be the things that we would tell ourselves? And like that's one of the things that I just, you know, we didn't see it so much as it was going on or didn't recognize it because we were just in such a, dark place like it, it was you know it's kind of it's kind of an out-of-body experience when you try to look back and think through it but looking back on it we put the pieces together and realized that it, it was you you specifically were very self-absorbed it just became like everything was um you know what can I get out of this relationship and what are you giving me out of this relationship and you know, becoming a taker instead of a giver. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it, it even spread though further than just our marriage, you know, it became a lot of, you know, everything was just kind of, um, very much about you. And so 
And I'm not saying that I wasn't there too. It was just that that obviously led to a lot of things. And so, you know, thinking, thinking in that way, if you're constantly just thinking what's wrong with your spouse and what can I get out of this relationship instead of, you know, trying to give and serve, then, I mean, that's a big mistake. And, and if you, and if you let it go too far, then it can go into some really dangerous territory. Yeah. So I think we both have two left and one of them kind of goes together. So let's talk about those together and then we can finish up with our other ones. It's more about the spiritual aspect of your marriage. And for me, the mistake to avoid I put was waiting for your spouse to lead your family spiritually. Um, And I, you know, I don't say this as the woman of the um, house, like I don't, I don't want it to sound like that. But I've seen so many couples that the wife just says, well, my husband just doesn't lead us spiritually, Mm -hmm. or my husband just doesn't lead our family spiritually. And yes, that's biblical. And yes, it's something that you need to pray for, um, for your, for your spouse to be able to do that. But you also can't use that as an excuse. Um, if your spouse is not leading your family spiritually, then you have to step in and do that, you know, encourage, you know, don't down them. Well, you never lead our family in prayer. You never initiate taking us to church. You never, instead, if he does, um, you know, bless the food one time, just go above and beyond. Thank you so much. That meant a lot to me. Or, hey, you're going to join us for church this Sunday, aren't you? Like encouraging them in that way. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. It's just we we talk about that a lot is how you need to take the little small things that are done and encourage them rather than putting down all the time. And, you know, I mean, no, people aren't shamed into Mm -hmm. growing spiritually. And, you know, it's, it's, it's got to be an encouragement. And so mine, the part that, that you said was similar is, is to not, a mistake would be to neglect your own personal spiritual growth. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of advantages, obviously, to growing together spiritually and doing things that grow your, your marriage spiritually and grow towards Christ together. But, if you're not growing individually, then things are just going to sputter and eventually you're going to be out of control in a negative way. And so one thing that you can do, a great gift to give to your spouse is to be somebody that's paying attention to their own spiritual growth. And I know for me that whenever I see you you know, in the Word and doing your Bible study and, you know, even on the mornings when you wake up before me and I can walk through and see that the, you know, your Bible and your Bible study material that you're working on is sitting on the couch because you've done it, then there's just this sense of safety to me. There's a sense of, you know, she's staying grounded and rooted in the Word and when I know that that's happening, then I know that we're not going to get back in a place right. where we were before. That's right. That's right. And I just, you know, as a woman, it's so always is so encouraging when when I, you know, hear you say, hey, I'm going on the back porch to do my devotion or whatever, because it's that same feeling of he is being intentional in leading our family mm-hmm. well. Yeah. 
All right, so we each have one left. We're, let's go ahead and wrap it up this week so that we can sure. move into something, some a new topic next week. So, um, so my my one of my uh, mistakes to avoid in 2024, uh, a mistake would be to stop having fun together. You know, I feel like so many marriages just exist as roommates. And they they stop doing the things we we say this a lot on social media and even a lot of the marriage ministries that we follow and pastors we listen to you know they say if you want things to be the way they used to be you've got to do the things you the things that you used to do and obviously you can't you know there's seasons of life we understand that but there's stuff that you did to. Uh, enjoy your spouse and getting to know your spouse and uh, becoming, you know, bonding with your spouse before you even got married, that we just kind of, you stop doing that. And then just the whole grind of life and, you know, running a business, basically, the home, your home, mm-hmm. running a business and the calendar and the schedule. And, you know, we just forget that, I mean, we're supposed to just be enjoying this life together. We're supposed to be having a blast and having fun. And and there's so many different ways that you can do that. Just making sure that you're spending time together, making sure that you're very intentional. I mean, even like cooking together, like the like the day-to-day things that have to happen, they can still be fun. And then on top of that, you you find those times to steal away those few moments to you know, go on a date or go on a walk together or stick your um, underarm in your spouse's face. Something <laughs> like that. For some reason, I was thinking about something physical, but it wasn't, wasn't that. that. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that at all. Um, but yeah, just finding those times, you know, go on a little, you know, get away one night together. You know, f- the, the, the little things just that you're, that you used to do when you were, even when you were a newlywed. And I know there's people out there that, that will give us all kinds of excuses. And, you know, it, it takes work and it takes creativity. But those creative times are the times that you're just never going to forget. I mean, you know, I remember when we had little children and it made it hard for us to do things together that were fun. But some of the most fun times we had were our kids were asleep in the next room. And, you know, after they went to bed, then it was our time to be together. And we still had fun. But there was also a period where we stopped having fun and stopped making that a priority. And that's when we got in really dangerous territory. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. weren't smelling armpits no, back we then. Were, <laughs> we were not. Everybody okay. try that right now. Uh, Go. Hit pause. Hit pause. <laughs> Okay, can I do my last one? Are you ready for it? And just in case anybody has heard us coughing through this um, hey, episode. We're, hey, we're fighting we're through. Fi- that's right. Fighting through, baby. We have got, both of us have the crud, so forgive us if you've heard that. Okay, my last one is do not make the mistake of giving up on the miracle that God can do in your marriage. And that doesn't just mean, oh, he can work a mil- miracle if, if, if somebody's had an affair or there's been infidelity. This can be the miracle of not being roommates anymore. It can be the miracle of just simple, like that we can have fun together again. I mean, I truly believe, and I mean this with everything in me, I think that our marriage is a miracle every day. And not just because of what God has brought us through. Although this morning I had a 
huge breakdown. My my best friend and I have a saying where we call it the triangle cry. Um, and it's when you're crying so hard that the tears run into the little triangle there at your neck. Okay, that's what happened oh, this dear. morning in worship. It was triangle crying, just worshiping of what God has done in our lives and in our marriage. And and yes, that's a miracle, but it's also the day-to-day that we are choosing, um, you know, even when we fail, and we fail a lot, mm-hmm. even when we mess up, and we mess up a lot, that God, the miracle is that there's two sinners living under the same roof trying to make a marriage work. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to miss the fact that God can, has done, and will continue to work a miracle in our lives. And so don't give up that. I mean, the mistake would be to give up on that miracle. Now, we we say a lot, and I hope nobody tires of hearing it, but we know that there are circumstances where this is not the case, where there's abuse or habitual sin. I mean, like there are where there's just your spouse does not want to reconcile. Like there are spaces for that. But just in the marriage that is just going through a hard time, or you think, there's no way we can come back from this. There is, because God is a God of miracles. So yeah. don't give up on that. Well, I say all the time, you know, if the thing, the reason, I, I mean, we're always for marriages. And like you said, there are circumstances where we can look at it. And and, and it's hard for, you know, people People actually ask us all the time, mm-hmm. when do we give up? You mm-hmm. know, when is yeah. when is it time to give up? And it's hard for us to answer that because we don't know everybody's full story. That's right. And we're always going to be for marriages because what we've seen is what happened in our marriage. Now, in doing that, you guys have to understand that we also under, we also recognize the fact that, like Heather said, there are times when there's no coming back from it. That's right. And, you know, at least you have to do what you have to do to get yourself out of a dangerous situation mm-hmm. or a situation that's just causing, you know... A where mo- you're a doormat. Yeah, where you're just over and over and over again. <laughs> we get that. But at the same time, we also... Look, our story, you, y'all have heard a lot of our story, and you've heard a lot of details, but you don't know all of the details. Mm-hmm. And because because there's people that, you know, we are very sensitive about making sure that we're not, that we're protecting people. Right, because we, on, we only need to tell our, our story, story. That's not right. somebody else's story. And so there's so many details that if you, if you heard it, you would go, man, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's no, like you would say to yourself, if that happened to us, mm-hmm. there's no way. We would come back from that. And we've had people tell us that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> on social media. Like, y'all are crazy. I'd be gone if that had absolutely. happened. You know? And, but what we're saying is what, what we experienced, I mean, the mess that the infidelity created in our marriage, it was devastating. And the road we had to walk through to get on the other side of that was incredibly difficult. And Every single step of it was worth it because of what we're experiencing now. And so when we when we are so strong about fighting for your marriage, it's because we know what can happen when God does a miracle. That's right. And we also understand that both both spouses have to be willing to work on it. Now, that doesn't mean that 
when you go on your mark, get set, go, both of you are at the same spot and you're both working at the same speed and you're both working at, at the same intensity. It doesn't always happen that way. But if you can both get to a place where you're both working, then there can be a miracle that happens. And we just know that if we had given up on our marriage, that we would not I mean personally for the two of us to experience the joy and happiness and the marriage that we've always wanted now, we wouldn't have experienced that. But then Heather says this all the time, but you think about our children and their future families and all of the things that go along with that. And not just that, but the people that we're able to reach and touch now because we made the choice to allow God to work a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing. When we when we went to our marriage intensive, I remember them asking me, because we had to talk to them specifically on the phone by ourselves, mm-hmm. and I remember them asking me, the first question I think they asked was, are you willing to allow God to work a miracle in your marriage? And if we didn't answer yes, we couldn't go to the intensive. And we said yes, and we both said yes individually. And so we were willing to let God work that that miracle. And then with, with God leading the way, we put in the work. And so I went on a little bit of a rant there, and I'm <laughs> really okay. sorry. but stuff. But I just, I mean, I, I mean, I love that. That's the mistake. The mistake is giving up. And uh, we don't want you to give up in 2024. We want you to fight for your marriage. And we want you to do it together. No matter what place you've been in and how devastating circumstances might have been, we want you to both come alongside each other. And if we can help in any way to facilitate that and lead you and encourage you, we would love to do that. Just reach out to us. The, rede- the redeemedmarriage.com is our website. All right, so um, we're going to go and put on some deodorant. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.